I feel I got him in. Okay. Oh wow. It worked. And and it kicked Jonathan off. <laughs> that that's inconvenient. Uh he's back. Right. Yay. Yay. Okay. Hey, we're all here and just recording and we're streaming allegedly. Hey everybody. Welcome to Flow Forward. Friday. It's uh time to think about things that are game design related. In this case, visual appeal and how we designed for that. I don't know what's going on with my uh, pauses tonight. Just got to roll with it. It is oral appeal. It seems like the. It seems like Twitch is working. I just heard my voice. Sorry. Amazing. We're professionals, people. Don't try to help. <laughs> so what do you mean by visual appeal? What do I mean by what do you mean by visual appeal? Wait, who is who came up with this topic? Catrice, Catrice. what do you mean by visual uh -uh. appeal? Well, Catrice, but we have adapted it, so not Catrice. Um, okay. Oh. Close Can... enough. All right, Catrice, you want to give do us it? your long-winded version. And uh, then we'll go on to the version that's shorter. I was just going to cover like things like, you know, like we've covered before things like the appeal of the user interface in the game's book, the kinds of pictures and artwork on like the covers, stuff like that. I was thinking more along the lines of if you're designing new races or species or you want to show like the ideal um, armor on a character, a style like, say, Warhammer 40K's armor um, or d and sort of style that it has going from medieval fantasy, stuff like that. Like, if you're building any kind of setting or visual appearance that players will see and they'll use as a source of inspiration for their characters, there you go. Like, that's the kind of visual stuff I was thinking of. Cool. Good explanation. Yep. That links a lot of things to mind immediately, like hooded rangery dudes in the dark. Yes, it is where significant. It is one of the things that D and D unironically does very well for what it's trying to do. Yes, yeah, it makes uh, it inspires people to want to engage with the setting through the artwork. It does a very good job of that. I think yeah. it fills in a lot of gaps as well, just even in terms of um, for especially fantasy and science fiction where you encounter like species that you've never seen before. It gives you a sense of what the what the feel of the game is through, mm -hmm. through that yeah. artwork and through what kinds of experiences you might be anticipating through playing the game. Oh, especially I... monsters, not just not just player characters, but also right. monsters. Sorry. Oh no, I, I was just going to ask a question of the, to the to the to the to the to the party here. Uh, what what was something that really piqued your the your your willingness to play a game based on visual appeal? Can you remember like a particularly uh, salient moment? Like for me, 
it was looking at one of the Thrykreen on a Dark Sun thing and being like, I get to play a giant walking mantis person. That's that's amazing. That's great. I want to do that. That's I'm on board. So based on that alone, right? So I had no idea anything else about it, but I wanted to engage with the mantis guy. <laughs> I I totally get that. Like I think um even for me, I, I remember what the cover of um, the like D&D 5th edition book is, or like 3.5, I guess, because that, that was the version that I started playing. Um, and like the, the mm -hmm. 3.5 was nothing spectacular. It was just like a tome that looked like it was like an ancient relic, but it was enough that it got me inspired to be like, oh, what is this like? mystical book that i'm picking up and, and uh -huh. engaging in um and i love that because that was enough to me that it was like this is a part of the fiction that i'm holding in my hands and so i don't know th those are the kinds of things that i think even just inspired a little bit of the the creativity and understanding of what kind of uh experience i'm about to have yeah i really i really liked those those third edition books that look like they were like sculpt photographs of sculpted covers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought they were really, those were really cool book designs. I really enjoyed those myself. Yeah. Okay. Um, the only, I'm really bad for this topic, but uh, the only, <laughs> because the only book uh, that I can, there's only two books I can remember the illustrations of the, uh, like uh, vividly and they are the wild sea and parcelings and, Mm -hmm. The what the Watsi's visual style is very very good, but totally irrelevant to why I ended up looking into it because I looked into it because of this podcast because we're talking to the person, and then yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but beyond that, after you talked to the person, looked into the game, what was the the visual appeal was something that was striking about it? Because yeah, it's striking. Story. It's very very good. It's none of I haven't made a single character in that game that it all resembles the actual art style, but it's very good. <laughs> um, I, I, I God, I don't know how to phrase it better than that. But no, uh, it definitely get, does a very good job of conveying a very strange world, which it is excellent. It's excellent doing what it does. Parcelings is one of the. Uh, I like the visual style better than the game, um, which is not necessarily as much of an insult to the game as you would think, because it's just very, very extremely of a certain aesthetic, and it extremely captures that in a way that as something unique that I haven't seen outside of media that is explicitly designed around its aesthetic first. And I don't know how to phrase it better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, man. It's Parslings is one of those games where you, you look at it and you go, this this looks like the work of one crazy person. And it kind of is. I mean, you know, uh we got to talk to to uh to uh Blue as well, and he's the 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 visual style is the first thing you notice about it mm. like it's just all it is very much uh something that draws you in 
as someone looking at at even just the images on the screen, like not even yeah. the book. Um, and it's that level of uh, it's just rare. It's like mm-hmm. you know, as you were saying, where I, I've not seen a, another book executed to that level uh, ever. Like it's totally unique. <laughs> I mean, there there's been some people that are there have been some books that are, um, uh, you know, more or less solo efforts that where the person does all the design and layout and art themselves, and they're really good, but it's just when you see somebody set a new bar like this it's just it's you know you go oh wow like I, holy shit yeah i want to clarify something i don't think it would be like i don't think it would appeal to me if all rpgs were that with this hard in but i have really appreciated for what it is uh yeah. is you know, yeah, agreed. It's, yeah, it's it's just one of those things that creates its own feel right away because of the visuals. It does very much so help in that regards to have someone who is very much so the artist first and foremost. Because in a lot of these games, it's it's very rare that you get somebody where they have extremely high quality art skills and not just skills for drawing but you know the the talent for being able to come up with these interesting and exotic concepts in the first place Mm -hmm. like usually they start maybe with game design or the rules or something like that first and then they might work on oh i suppose i should learn to draw too while i'm at it kind of thing there's a big difference between the order of priority there. And right. I think he managed to get a, a very good game attached to top-notch quality like artwork to go with it. It's not like, to, to put a very fine point on it, it's not the quality of the artwork that makes it stand out to me. Because there's a lot of games that I have mm-hmm. gone through that have very, very good artwork. But there are not a lot of games that have a very unique... Present style that uh, that reinforces yeah. the the world the feel of the world in a way that goes beyond capturing an aesthetic. Yeah, it's... that's what I meant by talent over skill in that case. Because anybody mm-hmm. can learn to draw at that level. Not anybody, not many people have the capacity to actually know what to draw. Mm. Yeah, that's harder. Like making the creative decisions as well as the artistic choices, as well as the game design decisions, and like making those things feel unified mm. in such a way that 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 very few games pull off. Like you know what another game that's uh, two that come to mind immediately: uh, Bluebeard's Bride, because that has such a striking visual aesthetic as well, and it's inspiring because you are. Uh, as the player uh, inhabiting one woman's psyche, and so all the art in the game is is focused around a single female form most of the time, and it's usually something <laughs> is horrible or is about horrible is about to happen, uh, and so you've got this immediate immediacy of presence uh, 
that I think is is really good. And then the style itself is is uh, is sort of um, I don't know how you describe it. It 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 kind of feels old timey, but it's uh, ballpoint pen art. But the way it's rendered feels very classical, uh, even though it's a realistic sort of style, a photorealistic sort of style. Um, that game, and then the other game that comes to mind is Lancer. And Lancer also has this this visual, the, the mech design in Lancer is brilliant. Like, so much of it's good, like, you know. Um, and the game mechanics are very, like, mechanical. And so, because it took from 4th edition and made it more modular, the the art kind of reflects that because like these mechs look like they're slapped together by people 3D printing the parts on the fly. And that's kind of how you build characters and, and, and build your, your mechs in that game. And then the art brilliantly reflects it as well. And I think it's because the artist worked so closely with the game designers that the, that the, the visual appeal of the book uh, and the art really sold it and a friend of mine picked up the book um based solely on the art just because he he picked it up uh, you know he came over and checked it out and he's like whoa and then when it went on sale again he just bought it because he loved the art that much he's recommend he's not, your he's not even an rpg gamer he just loved the max design yeah yeah uh tell your friend to look up the kill one billion demons because their art style is very similar uh like it's not drawing robots that often but uh the art style is pretty close um <laughs> They definitely have a distinctive individual art style, uh, is what I will say about that one. Yeah. I would agree there. That's like almost the feeling of like you're buying it as an art book and it's not even for the game. Like, oh, there's a game attached to it. I guess that's kind of a free bonus on the side. Yeah. <laughs> there are... God, I'm just thinking about would I buy the the Wild Sea official art art book that is just the pictures that are in the that are in the book as mm -hmm. their own standalone thing? And the answer is probably actually yes. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, they're that. I mean, it's good. The world design is really solid, and the art uh, really sells it well. The um, that, uh, is Jonathan in the audience on purpose? No, uh, and that 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 one's unique compared to the other or tells that we've been complimenting so far in that uh, it is not one person. It is like six people mm -hmm. with a single like director. Good direction. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also very difficult to get all the artists unified. Um, the, the one book that stands out to me in thinking about it as well is Blades in the Dark, um, mm -hmm. because that also has a very compelling visual aesthetic in my mind. Um, that really gets across the grittiness that I think the the setting is trying to impart. Um, like even across the this is more on the layout side of things, but even across the way the book is presented, it is a very gritty, dark uh, read. Um, and I think that that gets across the the tone of the game very well. Despite being somewhat minimalistic, I actually think the the like building art is better in whites than the art of people. But mm. that's, that's, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. The facade art is really cool. That's it's more true. evocative. And it gives you a better sense of place. Uh, 
in the maps. I, 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 no, I agree with you, Kevin. That I wasn't thinking of that at all. But as soon as you you mentioned it, I was like, oh yeah, I was using those way more than the sort of stock art, uh, and then that was fade, you know, uh, blown out to black and white. Uh, but yeah, no, the visual, the the buildings, the facade elevations were really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the one that stood out to me, because there's. A lot of games that I've liked the art for, but this actually goes back a bit to earlier Shadowrun editions. Like when they didn't even have like really good quality artwork, like they had issues with things like perspective and facial structure and things like that. But despite that, there there's something very just evocative about the sort of feel of the world when you see like the the cyberpunk kind of looking like synth leather wearing troll woman on a motorcycle mm -hmm. like it's just this very distinctive feel that you didn't get in any other game at the time like it's like okay this is there's something clearly fantasy about going on here she's got horns she's definitely not like you're typical look of oh yeah she's clearly just you know stereotypical woman and it's like no she's pretty bulky like she's bigger she's probably seven or eight feet tall like this doesn't feel like the normal game there's like neon everywhere it's uh -huh. like there wasn't a lot of that out there at the time uh you see pictures like you know an orc with a machine gun fighting an elven mage who's like trying to block the bullets with a magical shield and they're not winning <laughs> but it's like this is something that it very much so stood out to me as this told me about what the world I was looking at in like one picture kind of thing mm -hmm. and I felt that really stood out a lot compared to like any other games at the time because like I look at the Indian and it's like there's heroes I guess and a dragon like this could be from any fantasy novel it tells me nothing mm -hmm. like it, it did they got more into their own later on like third edition fourth edition yeah but like back in like first second edition it it, it was very generic Shadowrun did not have that even from the start, even if it wasn't the greatest quality artwork, it definitely stood out to me. Yeah, Shadowrun Second Edition, the Shadow Shadowrun Second Edition book is um, even I think even the first edition book. I have to look, but I remember the full color spreads of the character, the sample characters, uh, and it was fascinating because the orcs and trolls weren't green or they were they, they were just human color right and so they 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 and and they gave them names like it like uh uh homo robustus for like the dwarves or something like that or homo homo sapiens robustus or homo sapiens uh whatever like they gave them they did they did they took that extra step and gave it like okay yeah scientists are going to name this thing Right, they're going to classify, and so let's just put all the classifications. And it was that was part of the art spread. 
and uh, I found that to be so interesting because I, I, I guess I was I think I'd be like eleven or twelve when I saw that book for the first time, and was like, "Whoa, what is this?" And having you know, I was probably whatever that keyed into is probably the same reason why Catrice just does like giant spreads for every species, all the genetics and everything, because like that grabbed, that probably grabbed your attention the same way it grabbed my attention, you know, with, with like, okay, so there's some elven physiology here in the side. And that's interesting to read about because it, it kind of like grounds the world a little bit more. And having that as part of the art spread is really is really an interesting choice. Yeah, I always kind of like the sensation that this could happen. Like, it's not just that it's fantasy, it's magic, anything goes. It's that if magic were real, magic could be real. Maybe you just haven't discovered magic yet. Right. Yeah. I like that sensation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. That's uh, something I've strived to convey myself, I suppose. Uh, Not easy. hmm. No. Not Not super easy to do because I find that, especially when it's visually, there are certain things that we are keyed to expect to see just because of what we encounter on a regular basis. Like most people on the planet at this point live in cities. Have you seen like a lot of wildlife? Probably not for a lot of people. Like you probably know the basic stuff like cats dogs you probably know what a bear looks like roughly you might not realize the sheer size of a polar bear (laughs) but you understand like roughly what a bear looks like most people aren't looking at like creatures from the abyssal shelf and then they see a picture of it and it's like anything from down there and it's like that's not fucking real I don't believe that that's even possible to be real. Like, it's so alien of a concept that it's like, this is nothing like what we expect to see. Like, jellyfish are something people can kind of understand to a degree that it exists, but much more than that. And it's just like, the brain just has problems even processing it as an animal anymore so there are some weird limitations on that and if you want to do something that's really bizarre and magical and it's like this is an alien species from another planet they've got magic what do you do with it so that people can accept it as an alien that has magic but is believable and it's like that actually gets really difficult to do. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious um, when you guys play a game or a session, uh, 
and then you play back a session in your head, is it animated at all? Um, or is it just like as if you were calling a novel? And oh, if so, just... is it like a comic book? Or is it like real life? Oh god, when I put when I try to think back on a session it it's like uh it's like a set of notes that I wrote when I wasn't paying attention to the class. <laughs> yeah, and, and a similar point with Kavar there, like I have no capacity for visual images. So there's oh, no, no oh no, there there's there are some sketches in there. Uh most of them are very abstract, but they exist. <laughs> I mean, that's helpful, at least. I don't have that. I can only view it in basically as scattered memories of, like, here's a key scene, like, maybe a phrase somebody spoke out. Like, Anders, like I know the stuff that's happening, but there's no visual aspect to it. It's just, like, it's just the key section that stood out as interesting to me, and that's about it. Like, I'm not going to remember most of it. That's why I write everything down for notes, because I will not remember otherwise. Yeah, for, for me, it feels like I'm watching uh, clips from an um, animated TV show. Like, none of it looks like it's real life. It all looks like it's, I guess it's closer to reading a book and thinking of a section of that book where... It, it flows in real time for me, but it doesn't have the realism of something that could physically happen. Oh. Mine, mine comes off like an action movie most of the time. Very, very, it's very high detail. Uh, yeah. The reason the, I sorry. Hmm. No, no, I was I was just trying I was trying to recall like a time like a very crisp moment, you know, of of, of narrative where it was like I could picture the whole thing happening. Of course, uh, it takes like special narrative to have like a really good replay. Like you mm -hmm. you need like a good session, or or port or moment to like I at least for me to like put mm -hmm. it into that much detail. So obviously, it's not the whole game that plays back that way, or at least not for me. Yeah, I guess for me, it's like, it's kind of like comic book panels that when the action becomes more granular, they animate, I suppose, and it becomes more like a, more like an action movie where like the camera whips around to certain Oh God! You your your memory of RPGs is a hor is a horrible photocop internet photocop where they do some things with animated panels. Yeah, like there's narrative. Like here's the narrative. I I should clarify that I have like a lot of very fond memories of these things that I I the things that I take notes on are like that like that I can recall easily are just there are some of the most random and, and assorted things because I am not putting on my morning brain and that's what my brain's like if I don't yell at it to do things properly. Um, <laughs> yeah and sorry none of this is to suggest like any sort of like right or wrong or a certain type of enjoyment um i just think that how we picture 
uh, our gameplay, like I think like images will be more or less successful in helping you visualize the game, depending on how you already picture mm. that if you if you do it all. Like so because I was struggling to like connect with um like I find like images help me to some degree understand genre and uh like themes and setting. Mm-hmm. But they don't help me visualize my own gameplay. Um, and because because it was so prominent in in my game development, I'll like invoke D and D. I have this like imagination of like if because so many adventures, like it's so easy to imagine yourself in a forest. Like I have this very like vivid uh, images of what the forest looks like because i'm like Uh so used to being in in forest right like it's just like part of part of me uh and also um i have a stronger connection to uh beings or animals that are closer to real life than not Mm -hmm. um so i i don't know i'm just trying to express like it's it's interesting and i don't know if the images that look like comic book images help me get into the game as it were uh Hmm. personally but i think they help me help describe the game to me if that makes sense but they don't help hmm. me like visualize myself in the game where where do you land on owlbears See, and now that's a good point because like i have like very strong like i see owls all the time i see bears like I probably see, I mean, it could be the same bears, but I probably have bear sightings like 20 or 30 times a year. Uh Um, So if I was to picture an owl bear, like I feel like I can put something together in my head. And I also have this idea of it's like, they would be like relatively harmless. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, in my mind, I'd be like, ah, they're just trying to, you know, live their life. Right. Like honey. Yeah. Yeah. I, nice. I won't bother them. They won't bother me type of thing, right? Uh-huh. So well, that's how I imagine they would be, right? But like, but I'm curious about like, does that inspire anything? When you see an owl bear, do you be like, oh, yeah, that's like funny I can... that a wizard made an owl and a bear fuck? Or do you like, oh, that inspires like the smell of pine trees and stuff? Like, how does it land for you? Um, I suppose it would depend on the game context a little bit, but I feel like it would land, like it would be. Uh, I could like make that a real picture in my head. Um, so it could actually like create. I find myself like hard pressed to be afraid of like a beholder, although my character should be terrified of it. But but I could picture myself scared of an angry owl bear or an owl bear with cubs or chicks or whatever they call them, <laughs> right? Like ch- ch- chubs. Chubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Owl bear chubs. I think that's that's a new thing. We, that's, yeah. that's that's it. I've never heard that before. But like before. I can imagine, yeah. you know, a mother owl bear completely, you know, attempting to rip me oh, apart, yeah. right? Yeah. But like it's hard uh-huh. for me to envision like a scene where a beholder is like, you know, using its eye rays on me. Mm. See, all I have to do is picture industrial laser accidents. And I'm scared of the beholder. 
<laughs> so, you know. I hate to break it to you, but check the visual appeal chat. Someone beat us to it. God damn, look at that. Takes you up in your chubs. Look at that. <laughs> the I internet think knows. The internet knows, especially and... because chubs, like, you picture of Albert baby to be chubby they just have to be Mm -hmm. and if you've seen like a real bear cub like not like a yearling but like you know the size of a basketball Mm -hmm. like the amount of cuteness and curiosity that exists within them um you would totally like i can see like the same thing with the the chubs <laughs> you would just get sucked in like you would be they would be irresistible oh, and oh then, my god and then mama would descend from the yeah. sky and you're just like yeah. oh god yeah and then you'd be dead yeah yeah that's it like <laughs> it's just claws and beak and 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 back paws and it's holding you down with the back paws and just doing that owl thing where they try yeah. to eat your whole head yeah jesus but Fuck um that. so that is to say like there are some um visual uh yeah i found it i meant to share it there are some visuals that um help me more than others and it's sort of weird uh but the second edition uh class books like uh mm-hmm. guide to rangers like they have this faux like really shitty um <laughs> faux leather covers fake leather covers yeah 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 but it, it to- sort of like inspires the setting more to me than the images inside um mm-hmm. often except for maybe like weapons like weapons really like get me like detailed weapons not yeah. not um not ex- not the exaggerated style that's in a lot of uh right. like illustrated mm-hmm. images but like the detailed you know weapon sizes beside each other that type of thing mm-hmm. yeah i find uh personally helps me uh really uh dig in i guess you know it's interesting those mo- the mongoose books for third edition aped that uh that style the uh the ranger's handbook style and mm-hmm. sold so many books based on just that like I, I, I saw I, I was working at a game store at the time, and those sold better than any of the other supplements, the other uh, third-party supplements, uh, because just because they had those covers, and people were used to that, and they were like, "Oh, this is the shit." Clearly, and the content of those books was ass. <laughs> oh my god, they were like the craziest imbalanced stuff. If you included one of those in your game, and like, like, let's say you just use the Ranger one, right? Because <laughs> your buddy bought the Ranger one. How bad can it be? No, no, no. Suddenly that Ranger is a machine gun. Like, <laughs> it was just the crew crazy as shit. There was a feat that was like, oh, you can take opportunity attacks on anybody moving within 30 feet of you if you have point blank shot. <laughs> and it's like, what? Okay, so you're just unloading arrows into anything that moves in 30 feet. Right. You know? And if you pick that thing that gives you more attacks of opportunity, it's just like, dude, what, what the crazy is. So, so there was no, they, they were just pumping them out. Like, like 
they like one would come out every three months. It was it was bananas how fast they were doing it, and it was just because of that the visual appeal was the thing that was landing. Oh, and the other ones that landed really well was that one line of uh, third edition books that was just uh, chicks with big tits and armor on the cover, like airbrush. They were and they had it was like the most it was like there was a knight one and she had cleavage out. There's a samurai one and cleavage. And there was like a demon one, obviously cleavage, and those were those sold great as well because guess who the target market is? Yeah. Uh, but visual appeal, right? That that's not even like I, you know, are they inspired to play to crack open that book with the samurai with big tits on it to play a samurai with big tits, or are they just buying the book because their reptile brain is like? must possess this and then yeah. taking it home and being like no actually i do kind of feel like a sort of liberation in playing a samurai with big tits and i sort of empathize <laughs> with women a bit better now so There's, i, I would also suggest that because this was happening at a time when the internet wasn't really providing easy access to porn and such that probably mm-hmm. changed what people wanted to a degree like i'd actually posit that to some degree there's probably some pushback on like you know overly huge uh breasts and such just because it's so common and easy to get a hold of now that finding something that's more realistic and grounded is probably actually harder to find now. Wait, it's harder to find something more realistic and grounded? Possibly or, or, so. I don't think so. I think the most RPG art that I've seen like last in the last, I would say, at least two, three years <laughs> has been like really going out of its way to be to be that more grounded style where it's like the, the women are wearing sensible armor. Unless that, you know, it's specifically going in the opposite direction. In yeah, I would case, say the last the, 10 years, yeah. even. Yeah, I would say last 10 years, but it, it, the, the push has been really... I haven't seen anything outside. I haven't seen anything ignorant of itself. Let me, let me put it that way. You know, it, it, the, 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 the games that are doing the boob armor are really leaning into it, and people are just like, yeah, that's mm. the thing. And there's no accidental boob armor anymore. <laughs> but I'm saying there's no like, oh yeah, we're kind of stealthily doing the boob armor. Like, the, okay, so for example, that 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 third edition samurai boob book, I I should just find it, and post it the thing. Uh, but whatever that was, there was I I I can virtually guarantee you there was nothing in that book reflective of the cover, right? There was no content, like that was all that was about samurai boob armor. But in today's modern leaning into a boob armor games that is the point of the game like the you know there's the the sexiness is in the front and there's it's probably mechanized in some way too so there's there's that so it's a very hard lean into and then the games that are doing the you know want to be taken seriously are doing uh, uh have in, from my point of view having a much more egalitarian take on on how people are depicted and I think that's for the better, for the most part. Yeah, I, think, I, yeah. I do think it's important that 
you know what you want your game to be and what you want it to do. Like just mm -hmm. the accidental stuff. Like we weren't thinking about it. We just did it. It's like, that's kind of weird to me just in general that that's even possible for somebody to do who's creating something like what that's weird like i uh, definitely go to both extremes on mine like like i definitely have like like for example i have two properly well three sets of uh pictures for for axioms in my book one of them is literally in a plate mail bikini mm -hmm. other ones are fully armored like one's extremely realistic the other is just i can crush you with one hand i will rest my palm on your head and squeeze kind of thing mm -hmm. i these should if you're gonna go for something silly then you should go for all the silly extremes and just appeal to everybody who likes silly stuff. I mean, that's my opinion, but you, if you're going to do that, it should be intentional. It should be, yes, we are doing this. We are going there. In fact, we're going to make sure that there's no mistake that we went there. Kind of thing. To be fair, from my perspective of how I visualize there's nothing like uh, a single person taking on a giant dragon with a sword or the person with a sword taking on a giant dragon is no less silly than uh, like someone wearing bikini armor. Um, I mean, yeah. If, if you're trying to, I think that's what is funny to me sometimes where people, I think that's the funniest thing about like people bringing like, uh realism or like people say things like oh that's unrealistic and it's like yeah the that's the point <laughs> the entire yeah. game is yeah. about that it's like the dragon's got fire breath you've got steel armor even yeah. if you survive <laughs> yeah. the chances of you getting the armor off before it's welded to your flesh are zero yeah and so yeah, I don't know. Visualization. It's interesting. I think it's interesting in uh, one is what are intentions of art and other visual um, cues and how they're actually interpreted by different players, which is bound to not be the same as we know this because we exist on the internet and everyone is ready to tell you how that didn't land how you thought it would. Mm -hmm. um. see the trick is to always land on all fours but wear landmines for shoes <laughs> what <laughs> wear landmines for shoes what what, I have no idea what does that even mean what are we talking about here blow everything out of context What is going on? I don't. Are you saying? Are you saying this for real, or am I just really high? What is happening? <laughs> Sorry, my analogies are usually odd. Just, just pretend that it's normal. All right. Okay. Okay. I'll pretend everything's normal. It's no different than it's great. 
Because everything is normal. Everything is normal. <laughs> if everything's normal. <laughs> I think something else that's interesting is when yes. um, you have um, open setting books um, and they'll give you like an array of images to help mm -hmm. you uh, um, sort of accept that you can do multiple things. And the one that comes to mind specifically is the Fate cover. Uh, the one, I don't know how many different Fate covers there might be, but the one with like the gorilla person on the front. Mm -hmm. um, but it's invoking a lot of variation just in that one picture. Um, and although it's sort of something that developed as as I sort of commissioned the art and as different settings came in, it's also something that sort of came through with when I did Cut to the Chase, uh, both in art style and in uh, content. And I think that's uh, something else that you'll see a lot and, and can be helpful for the types of games where you're either invited to create your own setting or... Um, or sorry, I guess in, in games that we're in, invited to create your own setting uh, and theme, there's often like a very a lot of variation in, in art, which I think is good. I think it is good to a degree. It does kind of pose the issue that it's hard to kind of get a feel for what to expect, though, too. Like, you do, like, if you pick up, like, any of, say, the Warhammer 40k RPG books, mm -hmm. they have a very distinctive style to them. Yeah. Like, you know what you're getting out of it when you pick it up. When you try to create a character, you kind of get an idea that this is how this character should feel. When you go into something like... Uh, any of the GURPS books or Fate or whatever. It's like you're... They'll show, like, a wide range of potential ideas, but each of those ideas doesn't really have the same lasting impact of just grinding it into your head over and over that this is the style of what you're doing. I would say Fate is a bad example of that, or at least as actual books are, because they have a very consistent art style that depicts a lot of things, but it is very consistent at conveying the kind of weird, pulpy tone that it is trying to reinforce, at least in my opinion. But that's some discussion, mm -hmm. I suppose. Mm -hmm. and no, the, the pulpiness of Fate is, is definitely its aesthetic. That's, I mean, it, so to that extent, it it is. It, see, the aesthetic for fate doesn't pull me in at all. Like, I have to sort of picture something else when I, when I want to reach for fate in the toolkit. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say that. I'm saying that it's art style is consistent. I'm not saying that it actually worked now that I think about it. Because I have only play, used fate to play extremely dumb shit. Because that is what fate is very good at. I... I did a, uh, a conversion uh, of Innomine to Fate uh, over the course of a week at, at work. 
because I had, I was bored basically. And um, it's reasonably functional. I mean, it basically looks like you know, many converted the fate. You're like, oh yeah, there's the forces and all that stuff. And it didn't take as much as I thought it would. But uh, that's the that was my last con. No, no, no. That was my, yeah, that was my last contact with fate as a as mechanical stuff. But it's uh, yeah, we, it, and it nominate lends itself to dumb shit. So that's yeah, I agree. Fate fate's really good at doing uh leveraging goofy narrative into memorable moments. Which is what it's designed to do. So the pop style fits, it's just not something that necessarily has as wide an appeal as fate as the system does, but that's it's a other thing. Yeah. Oh, and, and going back to what you said, Patrice, about the 40k RPGs, yeah, the visual style was, I think, is what sold my players on it when I ran it. Mm. So, like, a lot of it was just looking at the books and, you know, uh, getting a sense for the the darkness, the grittiness of the world, like, how, how bleak it is, how little you matter, um, you know, uh, what the Imperium is willing to do to its own citizens to for for certain gains, um, it, it, it's uh, it 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 worked. It, and those books are really, I think an ex an example. The, the 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 first one was actually released by Black Library, not Fantasy Flight. So it was designed, I believe, in house by uh, the the Black Library guys, which are the people that are the the official Warhammer uh, book publishers. So I think that really helped set the style for the rest of the Fantasy Flight games uh, this, that once Fantasy Flight got, got the license and subsequently did uh, Rogue Trader and uh, Death Watch uh, and uh, Only War and what was the, the Chaos Marine one, where it was Black Crusade, yeah. Uh, so once I started doing all those, I think they to to maintain a consistent visual style, they went with the original Black Library books, which was a I think a good idea because those books were fun to read and also fun to flip through because they used the old John a lot of the old John Blanche art and uh, it was a I think the, the newer 40k book didn't. I, I know for a fact did not sell as well because of the art. There were people complaining about the art in the in the game's own forums. Like this doesn't look like 40k at all. This is like cartoony. Like what the heck is this? Like why aren't you using? So there were that actually you know goes to your point of how visually effective uh, those books were. To the point where when a, a, a new system was re released for the same setting, people, some people rejected it out of hand because the art wasn't up to snuff. Just in a way, it's too bad because then it can never grow beyond what it was. In a way, mm -hmm. you know. Yes, it's locked in. And it's just, you know, we have the same problem with the with D and D. People have a certain idea of what D and D should look like, you know, and it gets stuck there. And I think that people. The reaction to fourth edition was largely based on how how comic booky the art was. 
I think there was a lot of issues for fourth edition, but that's probably part of it as well. If it at least looked the part, uh, there's there's still the issue of the thing of like, here's something new and different that's wearing a skin suit of the thing I like. Mm-hmm. That is kind of unnerving. Mm-hmm. So making it look different, not necessarily a bad idea to show that it's something different. But as long as you have like a long running thing where there becomes a tradition associated with it of just what to expect, mm-hmm. you kind of get partially boxed in with that. I think fourth edition would have worked better if it just wasn't labeled D and D. But be- if you remove the D and D label to it, then you lose a ton of the appeal just because it's not D and D anymore. Mm. I I think I think. They could have. I think the, the the departure from the third edition art style was uh, pretty pretty stark. Like the the fourth edition books and the third edition books are are like radically different. Um, and I think the audience at the time for third edition was not really interested in. I mean, they, I think that, that was that art seemed like a turnoff for a lot of people because the Pathfinder, the guy, I mean, you know, the people that worked on third edition just went over to Pathfinder and continued what they were doing. And that was what people were looking for. You know, a lot of those people were just looking to have that continuity. Um, and it did a lot, I think, to, 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 to make Pathfinder the, the force it became. Uh, yeah, you know, Lockwood putting the having having Lockwood uh, do do your art was a big that was big, you know. I don't think Pathfinder would have worked nearly as well if Fourth Edition hadn't have been their competition. Well, yeah, I mean, they, yes, they were they were catering, to, they were just giving the audience what they wanted. But 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 what I'm saying is, a big part of that was the visual appeal. Had they tried to do, you know, basically. 3.75 without the visual appeal, I don't think it would have worked nearly as well. I think I think having having the third edition artists on board and continuing to do uh, uh, that style of uh, you know amp it up a little bit, they they changed it up a little bit clearly, but but um, I think it was a big part of helping that land. And I think you know moving away from sort of painterly style. Uh, like oil paintings, like from like the really classic stuff from second edition, um, and, and like that era of of eighties, the eighties RPG art, where it's really like either airbrushed or oil painting, and and it has a lot of panache. Uh, I I feel like if if fourth edition had tried to return to that, they it might have landed a bit better too. But who could know? It's hard to say. Yeah. I don't know. Um, there are three things I'd like to cover before we finish, and it might take a while. So, okay, um, okay. Not, good, good that you're doing this. Thank you, Catrice, for doing yeah. my job. Yes, but I wanted to check if there's anything else we wanted to cover immediately first. I was like, is that a threat? <laughs> I have three things no. I want to cover. 
No, it's well, not. They're not. Well, like, please just say it's them. just things that will yeah. take a while, probably, mm -hmm. is my guess. So basically, these would be breaking down the traits of what we consider to be realistic visual appeal, the traits of the fantastic, and the traits of what we consider to be too much for the audience. That's just three separate Ooh. things, and, but each of these are probably going to take a while to go through. What do you mean breakdown? Like, are you asking us to, like, what, what, what we can, how do we consider categorizing art? Like, what kind would it take? Of, like, not just, not just the artwork, but the generalized feel. So, like, let's say traits of realism, so realistic stuff. So, if you're trying to make your, your, art, the feeling of the world that you're in, the stuff that, like, say, Jonathan was saying, like, realistic creatures, for example. Mm -hmm. How would you describe the traits for these things that make it give that feel that this is realistic, this is something that could exist, this is something that definitely has this gritty feel of this is potentially the real world it's not fantasy there's no magic science fiction stuff like that just this is something that literally could just be real right now I, well i think you just did it i think you described it no 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 science fiction no fantasy so yeah, I, it, like how do you define that visually like you don't you can't because you can do a comic book like that it's very like self-shaded style and it still comes across as gritty. Or you can do uh, like Twilight 2000. Uh, those books were, were, were famous for their great pencil art. Um, like like sketchy, very realistic pencil art. I love love the art in those books. Uh, and, and you can have um, really highly detailed digital art that looks really gritty too. And I don't think there's anything unifying them except the... You know, there's a tonal quality that comes out of the aesthetic, but it's the artist that that makes that happen. It's you know, you just <laughs> how how do you describe that? And are there features of it? Yeah, sure. Um, could, can we enumerate them? Probably not. I I don't know. I get the feeling that we could probably get some rough guidelines. So like if somebody wanted to have art for the game that they're working on, their setting, whatever, could we give mm -hmm. any sort of very rough outlines of things for them to work with at all? I well, think we could. Yeah, you want to, if are you okay? So the question is, are you determining a visual style for your game? From the outset like do you do you want it to look a certain way i think this is already a good question for yeah. any designer to be asking like is there a specific look and i would say that in almost all cases the answer should be yes uh let's see the answer should be yes i don't Even... i don't think it's i well yeah I, you want the game to have a certain feel and you want the look to convey that feel right so even if you're doing a game that doesn't have any art, if it's a one-page uh, game, 
that is just uh, your font and layout choices, you can still convey feel with, with the visuals there. You can still convey feel with, like, the way you describe things, too. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying just we're talking about just visually, not 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 description. So so that like that's where it starts, and then it you know go from there. Like now you have color choices. If it's not just black and white on a page, and your choices aren't just fonts and like where you put the you know the kerning and the indents and all the choices you make with 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 text, uh, go to colors. Okay, so then you've got colors to to make make things feel a certain way. Um, combinations of colors that make things feel a certain way. If you're using red and gold, it's going to feel a certain way. If you're using um, the black and red as your as your choices of colors, it's going to feel a certain way. Uh, greens, you know, certain way. Purples, different way. And then <laughs> you can keep going down that like So now styles of paint. Yeah, like, um, uh, to be to give a good example of this, Caris Noir, this book is very specifically carefully pruned to make sure that there is nothing anachronistic in it. Like, even to the point that he's careful not to put anything in for, like, terminology or words that are did not exist at the time, or even colors oh, of ink that did not exist. I, it is surprising how picky he is about this, but it it is a very interesting attention to detail, and I think it will serve him well. Maybe so. Um, I think something that else that we can say is it's uh, images and visuals are good for giving a sense of character, but don't forget to give a sense of place. So uh, settings, sceneries, um, and maps, I find, like, for me personally, maps are a huge visual um, trigger for, like, adventure. It is interesting with maps. Like, I find they are definitely a double-edged sword because they definitely give players a sense of there are things in this world there's stuff that is next to each other there are places i can go there are places that they're there but on the other hand you also have to be careful with maps because everything that is there also excludes there from being things that you are that are not there like you kind of have to have like the quoted thing that Rob has mentioned a ton of times of like um, rigidly defined areas of doubt and uncertainty kind of thing like the here there be dragons parts on the map like there almost needs to be gaps on your map I mean um, I think Rob knows this thing and it, it's not really so literal but it's uh, how does it go I can't think of it it's something like the map isn't the well, the, the map thing. is not the territory. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, it is a representation of the territory. Um, and and it's not really meant to be taken so literal, but I think in it can also be taken very little literally. Um, and so that's why... Literally, especially by, like, people who tend to play 
RPGs and love maps. They, like, but even taken just... literally, it's still true. Like the map is not the territory mm-hmm. means that you know a, a city uh, inevitably on a map cannot be the detail that the city is. It's just a dot. Mm-hmm. Um, Might not be with... there. That's the other yeah, thing. map doesn't yeah. be true. That's, right. that, that's what that's one of the things that I found to be very useful and freeing. <laughs> but not to thing. dwell too much yeah. on that. I, yeah. I I do take your point, Kat. But uh no, and I'm not even against what you're saying. And a lot of books don't have maps for the reasons that you're stating. Um but I I enjoy them. I it'll also, also sorry, go ahead, Kevin. It's also uh kind of a pain to make sure that your map works. It's a lot of work if you're not skilled at doing them. Anyway, right. Fair enough. <laughs> As somebody who's had to do an emer- a few emergency large-scale maps due to like needing them for a project, <laughs> I uh, never found that to be a particularly enjoyable experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, maps are interesting in that they're deceptively simple. Like having a basic like outlined map seems like such a a simple thing to do but once you have one down you put it up on the internet you're going to discover how many people are extremely picky about what maps should look like and what should exist on a map like it is amazing how picky people are about maps especially when like, there's even the meme about, like, you know, this map is completely unrealistic. Like, these mountains just appear out of nowhere. It doesn't make any sense for them to exist. And it's like, it's a fucking map of Europe that's been rotated on its side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, it's hard to fault them sometimes, but but they they tend to sort of, like, overthink. And also maybe are saying it without the full context of, like, not only is the map not the territory but maybe the map isn't the full map as it were so <laughs> well, maps are just one person's perspective and representation you know yeah yeah like it's going to be sourced from a lot of spots but yeah you, you recognize that it's still just one person's opinion yeah uh where are we now the visual appeal we got off on maps I mean, I like sorry maps. Maps my point artificial yeah. appeal i think jonathan's yeah. perfectly I, right about yeah it. No, to, I to, too. yeah. To broaden out, it was more about uh, setting place, setting in place. Like place mm-hmm. is important in RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I totally agree with this. Um, that is also why, like, the first picture I ever commissioned for my my game, I made especially sure to emphasize that this is not uh, Earth. You're not on Earth. Like it's got floating islands chained to one another specifically in the background just to make sure that you are aware that this is not earth they have like big crystal formations and such growing out of them this is something else you may not know much about the rest of the world yet but you know that this is not earth and that are was you talking about zendikar <laughs> <laughs> there's no. a lot of places in fantasy at this point that do this kind of thing but i did i wanted that to kind of be a feel for it yeah but immediately you know okay your magic right like there's definitely magic's real definitely there's crazy floating stuff i know what i'm in for a little bit 
and I'm, you know, oh, floating islands, great. That's, yeah. I mean, most people are really on board with floating islands. I don't, I, there's not a lot of games that well represent the hazards and dangers of being on a floating island. Though, I trust Sayor says one of those games. I mean, um, there's all sorts of problems, like falling off. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the, the game games that comes to mind that I think about a uh, game about floating islands the most is Inverse World, a uh, uh, PBTA game I haven't played. <laughs> there's that anyway. one though isn't that one uh shoot the one with the oh, uses oh, the oh. rainbow d4s I gotta blanking go. on it yeah uh, the other joke i was gonna make is well not really a joke is what the wadsy is basically set on a series of floating islands there just happens to be trees instead of you know empty space but it's basic but the difference in that setting is kind of immaterial it's mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe, but I do think it's kind of important that, like what Jonathan was saying, is that, yeah, there's the world that it takes place on, the setting itself is as important as the characters in a lot of ways. Like, you're not just saying, oh, I could be this character. It's like, oh, I could be here Hmm. like you see like big gothic towers rising into the sky like many kilometers in height like these are enormous like if you see like say a lot of say the warhammer 40k art again because they do a really good job about this for things like their um i forget what they're called like the, the city-wide planets. Oh, which, the hives. Yeah, the hive, hive worlds, yeah, where hive they've worlds. got, like, literally, like, 300 billion people on a planet. Uh-huh. Like, the entire planet is a city. On top of a city, on top of a city, because they had to build cities on top of each other, because there was nowhere else on the landmass to build them. Like, there's something about that, that just seeing that visual appearance, that uh-huh. this is where you're this is where your game takes place. Like, you could have your entire campaign and live your entire life in one building and never experience the same floor for two days in a row. Yeah, or see the sky ever. Yeah, this this is something that I think is visually important, and if this is the case, you should probably put it into the game so it's clear. Yeah. Oh, uh, what was that game that came out recently? Uh, I guess it wasn't that recently. Uh, about being that it was a swat you were swallowed your entire earth was your country was swallowed by a giant monster and now you the game takes place inside the guts of the beast is it called the beast it's called the belly of the beast belly of the beast yeah uh yeah so there's one where a lot of the the visual appeal that game is kind of gross and that's uh appealing for the reason that it's rare it's like gross out rpgs don't really exist like visually gross rpgs are are super few and far between 
Because a, a lot of them are very explicitly horror, and I'm trying to remember the names of a few of them because they're more common than like I can. I know I've encountered a few, but I can't. There's a few. I'm not saying there's none, but like the ones that are specifically visually off-putting, like because they're employing some some like either body horror or. Uh, 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 nightmarish imagery or some, you know, something where they're specifically making the book. Uh, actually, you know, a good example of this, which is layout. I know we're not talking about layout, but uh, Call of Cthulhu's third edition had this paragraph layout that made that book such a pain in the ass to read. It was so bad. <laughs> it, it was. If you can find a page of it, it, it had a paragraph layout that was slanted so that it was like the first column was wider at the top than the second column, and then narrower at the bottom than the second column, and the second column was wider at the bottom. So it was like this diagonal column split, and it was uh, so jarring that it made the book actually feel a little bit like reading. Like it was fighting you. So kudos to the design team for doing that. Uh, not an enjoyable read in my experience, but uh, very, very thematically appropriate. That does not sound enjoyable. I see why they did it. I do not like this. No, but I'm just saying games like Belly, Belly the Beast don't, don't. I don't, I can't recall many. Uh, where it's, um, you know, I'm not sure Billy, the Be Billy of the Beast has any artwork outside of its cover. Let me double check. Oh, yeah, it does. Oh, God, yeah, it, it does. does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite a bit, as I recall. Oh, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, oh, I don't, uh, oh, right, that's because I mostly used the, the artless thing when I was using it as a reference. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but there's nothing like, uh, let me think. Okay, so there's nothing There's nothing that I can think of as an RPG that's like Hellraiser. Exactly. I mean, there's something that's, that's kind of maybe... That has, least... like, individual Hellraiser pieces and they're shoved in one corner, but not as the pro primary style, no. Yeah, not as the primary style, no. Like, uh... Like the most, I don't know. What's what's the next closest thing that I can think of? I don't know. Most, most RPG art's actually relatively tame. Uh, there were some. There were some. There were some World of Darkness books that were uh, that came out from Black Dog Studios. Uh, that was when White Wolf was doing their like very adult print versions. Uh, of games, what? so they had like they had the were a werewolf. The apocalypse had this thing called Book of the Worm, I think it was called, or something like that. And it was just like, and there was a the Bali book for uh, Vampire Dark Ages that just had full frontal male nudity, like really graphic images of slaughter. Vincent Locke did did the art for that, uh, who also did the uh, bunch of Cannibal Corpses album covers. Uh, so there's that, 
but mm -hmm. that arc is featured quite prominently and that's the, the that's the next thing i can remember it's like that's the last what 90s in the 90s I'd like to point out that there may be a reason for this, and a lot of these RPGs have physical books. If you're doing gross-out art, and it actually bothers someone, you don't really want them throwing up on the book. Uh, I mean, I I, maybe I they'd mean, have to buy a new copy, but they might not want to after that. Yeah, I don't think like, I don't think even Lamentations of the Flame Princess has any stuff that's like really. Yeah, I, like I could think of some books with intentional creepy bits in their art, but not as like a full theme. Yeah, a lot of the things that have a full theme of being, uh, how should I phrase this, of being creepy and unsettling, uh, are tend not to be the books that have that are like a, for systems I played. Tend not to be the ones that have a, a really good art budget. That tends not to be where they focus their time. Is what I'll say. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I kind of expect they'd have to because, like, actually making something kind of. Unnerving. Yeah, because that's not something you can half-ass very well. Is part no. of the problem. No, this has to have a very high budget to actually do that properly, or a crazy person doing it, basically. That's that's the other thing. Like it, you, it would just be just an auteur just doing the art themselves, and uh, yeah. I kind of wish I was that, but instead I do like ten pieces, and then I get burned out, and <laughs> yeah, think along, and then I don't do anything for a while, and then I do like another five, and I get burned out, and they're totally different than the first set, and it's just like well. That's not consistent-ish. Yeah, what was I thinking? What, what was your board game slash 5e hack that that, oh, that we, art might have gone in that direction? Yeah, We the Faceless. Yeah, yeah We the or, Faceless. Or, or Against the Faceless Lords is the, is the yeah. hero version. Yeah so, that, that, yeah, so that has a very specific art style to evoke uh, a very specific type of game that is explicitly gory and um, ex explosive uh you know it's the type of game where you're mowing through hordes of minions because i find that i find the the visual appeal of that highly engaging i mean it's totally fair i totally enjoy the concept of you know punting a kobold across the room into a pile of other kobolds and you hear the bowling pin sound go off. There's just so, kind of sensation. There's there, there's a class that when um called the gore fiend that when they crit uh and they kill the uh the target if the crit the target dies by a critical hit they explode dealing area effect damage. Yeah, this is totally fair. I've seen this in a number of games just not like tabletop rpgs this is usually a video game thing where it's like it's reasonably fair to have like a 50 percent or higher chance for critical hits oh also that class can pull off somebody's face in the middle of combat and wear it very important class feature 
Can they at least stretch the lips into a smiley face? However they get the Intimidate check, sure. You know, <laughs> whatever you do with it, that's up to you. No, no, you that's not, that's not or you can wear it upside down, you know, whatever. No, this should totally be for a friendship check at this point. <laughs> I am your friend, see? Don't you recognize me? Okay, maybe yeah. not. But to to actually go from that, because I we probably don't need to do like the traits of the fantastic thing, but the things about like I think this does go into the traits of too much, like how much is too much, like the things for gore, for mm-hmm. unnerving the readers, like the people that are playing the game, like if they don't want to open the book to the page with the rules because they don't want the book open so they don't have to look at it. (laughs) This might pose a problem with your game. So what things probably should not be added to a game visually? For what purpose? I would say as a general thing but also based on specific audiences like are are there clashes of things that should not go hand in hand like have like a very dark gritty looking book that has tons of gore in it and then there's like super chibi looking cutesy art occasionally for no apparent reason sorry like like kingdom death (laughs) that's where kingdom death is there's like cute chibi art and then also like people being eaten by penises so okay so uh sorry i have to go back to this i did find a book that has kind of it's not extreme but it has like kind of an intentionally gross art style mixed with uh it's overall a, a weird superhero fantasy. It's called Kit. Uh, God, I can't pronounce this right. It's called Kuridin Make the Gods Bleed. And I'm going to try to see if I can find the cover art for everyone. Okay. Huh. Oh, I managed to find a copy of Headspace in uh, the. In the uh at the local game store, which is cool. An actual hard copy. That's also one that has a really nice visual style. Yeah, it does. It's really, it's, it's simple. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, slightly comic booky. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's well executed and consistent. And, uh, you know, it, it serves its purpose. It's not super evocative, but the game, like the mechanics of the game carry it like enough mm-hmm. to make me want to play it mm-hmm. you know like to actually want to make like i want to i want to run that game at some point it looks really really free and interesting uh, oh wow Kavor just showed the uh the cover for make the gods bleed and it's uh pretty intense the the game the game intense is like the oh, aesthetic yeah. of the game Oh, sweet. Okay. It's, I am not entirely fond of its mechanics, but it, it has a lot of 
Good ideas. Cool. It is. It is extremely a game about about uh, about you know. The subtitle is definitely the game's aesthetic. Is what I will say. If that makes sense. Okay. You know, again, this is important. Uh, for that particular one, uh, do please put that in spoiler tags, because we do have like the Discord thing partner thing, and they are extremely strict about anything that could be considered to be not safe for work in a not in a channel that is not labeled not safe for work. Where is this? I mean, I no, I'm just. I think it's fine. Are. It does have a breast showing, is all. I don't think it matters that much given the nature of the cover art, but because of the rules. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't know we. I didn't know we had something like that. Weird. Okay. Yeah, it's not. It's not like a huge deal. I. No, oh, I should I, probably just go ahead and label the entire friggin' thing not safe for work thing. Oh God! Anything that is not a pure text channel, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, we're it's fine. I but yeah, fine. Otherwise, it was just that one thing. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm glad I was informed. I did do that. My due diligence. It's better now, right? Yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's yeah. totally fine. I don't think anybody will have a problem with it. If they do, too bad. Yeah. We've done our our job. Deal with it. <laughs> so, like, I don't have anything against it being there whatever. It's just one of those stupid things that we could But yeah, I think that is something that actually I do think it's weird because nudity is one of those weird things that it's very localized. Like stuff in Europe doesn't care about it nearly as much as North America. Mm -hmm. Like, North America has this really weird obsession with anything that's vaguely related to nudity must therefore be sexualized, and the rest of the world's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. I mean, I'm not anyway. going to say you're wrong, but, like, I, I don't, personally, I don't have that attitude because I went to art school, so I, it, it, you know, I, yes. I, I got beat out of me. But it's yes. the... Uh, the, the 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 what you're saying about that is true it's, except what's kind of interesting is that there was i believe there was female nudity in the second edition monster manual i think there, there was, was in the player's group, handbook in the player's handbook was it player's handbook yep okay um it's... i don't recall that not not specifically anyway uh so but but that 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 being said, um, what I was what I was trying to get at is that there are uh, ways of um, oh shit, I completely lost my point. Go ahead, keep going. Okay, then I was just gonna mention that yeah, I have done like the artistic thing as well. Like I had a life drawing class where literally you stand in there, there you get like an easel a nude model comes out and you draw them and it's like there's nothing sexual about that at all it was, it was actually kind of surprising because of that and then it's like 
it is weird because I found that I ended up with a lot of conversations with the models and it's like just sitting here talking to some person who's completely buck naked and there's nothing weird about it and it's like thinking back on it that's that is kind of weird that it's not weird <laughs> but it's it's something that I actually had one of the art pieces from a game I had sent the description to the artist they drawn up like the sketch of it and when I got the sketch back, I actually had like a panic moment because the characters were basically unclothed in front and I was actually worried for a moment. It's like, oh crap, maybe, oh shit, I should actually have them uh, put clothing back on them. And it was like, had like three in the morning looking at this and like writing a panicked email that you have to do something about this. I'm sorry, I did not include this. And then like thinking about it and it's like, it's not showing anything. Like they don't have any anatomical bits that show because they're not human anyways. Like it's not a, this is no different than a cartoon. Never mind, it's fine, I guess, and send them another email. Just disregard the previous one, I guess. But it was like, there's that moment of like panic and fear, like, I should not do this. Like, th this shouldn't be in the book. Mm. And then it's like, I, this is more tame than D&D &D is, though. Mm. So is it like, a, like, I will actually post the picture. It's actually the one that I use for my, uh, my Discord image, strangely enough. I, it's not sexual in any means. Like, there's nothing there, but because, like, there is... Oh, they're not wearing pants. Yeah. And it's like, that really panicked me for probably a good half hour. And then I was like, no, this is fine. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. It's just... It's funny, yeah, because I wouldn't... It wouldn't strike me as... Right, because it's cartoony enough that there that it, it passes muster. Like you go, like okay, it reads as cartoon mouse in lab coat. Yeah, pretty much. You know, with wings, and uh, uh, you don't you don't you don't notice that they're not wearing pants. Really, you notice the that they're electrifying a sandwich for some reason. I, you know, and you're wondering about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is the common question people ask what the hell are they doing to that sandwich and i That's do not exactly have an official yeah. answer i leave that open to them it's like the closest anyone will get to a clear answer from me is science they're doing <laughs> science to the sandwich it's <laughs> a great piece of art it really is it's just really it's just a... I smile every time I see it. I can't help it. It's just fucking. It's so goddamn weird. The, the, the I, my eyes keep getting drawn to the to the flaming donuts in the back, and I'm wondering if that experiment is completed, failed, or ongoing. In progress. Yeah, I don't know. The, the hovering. Yeah, the, the 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 little turkey leg or the chicken leg in the back. The vague meat bone thing hovering in a vat. 
They're like, yeah, we're doing science on this thing next. <laughs> yeah, there's bananas and the one beside it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, <laughs> you can't stop looking at it, though. See, that's the thing. You just like, you, you're just looking at it, and I'm just like, yep, there's still more stuff, though. And you're like, I'm noticing bananas now. And then, uh, okay, there's like... And the more you look at it, the worse it gets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just right. like opening it now to see. Oh, that's a broken wire. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of detail in the sense of like, there's a lot of different in- stories almost. Uh, yeah. Or, question- or questions, at least, <laughs> if not stories. Oh, I was um, incredibly which happy is pretty fun. This like, yeah. this was amazing work that Chessie did for me, and I absolutely think it was worth every cent. Yeah. So it's just one of those things, though. It's like the the setting, again, as Jonathan was saying, like, this isn't just the characters. It's like, as you look at this, it gives you a sense of there is something going on here like there's something about this world that allows for this to happen you so you, wouldn't you want to learn more about it you want to see more you want to find out more yeah and i'm very pleased with this working the way that it does it it is perfect for that so for artwork like you do want evocative stuff things that make you think things that are like there's more going on here the more i i look at this the more interesting it is the more stuff i can think of the more inspiration for ideas like what can i do myself with this like i one of the more interesting things that i've seen it's not directly related to tabletop RPGs, but it's a series of pictures that are dragons who don't hoard gold. And in each of these, they have like random things like a hoard of pastries, a hoard of teddy bears, a hoard of comic books, a hoard of dragon paraphernalia. Just there's like dozens of these now. Like, the artist just keeps pumping out more and more of them because people like them, and they're amazing. And I'm glad that they're making a living off doing this. <laughs> but it's like, the more you see things like this, it's like, I could do something like this. I, this gives me ideas. Like, this is the kind of thing that I feel like should be in a game, like, consistently, mm. like, Every piece of art, oh. hopefully, should make you think of more things to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just, I was reminded of, a, of something that I was trying to remember earlier. Um, Tales from the Loop, right? Started mm-hmm. out as a series of art pieces. Mm-hmm. It was just visual artists did these things of, a, of kids messing around with, with robots or, you know, having these sort of like close encounters with ancient with like sort of outdated but futuristic tech <clears throat> like rotting but futuristic tech and that became like those visual images became the basis for the game world 
and the you know the art came first and then and then the 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 the, the need to play around in the world of the art demanded that a game exist i mean and that's pretty that's pretty cool it makes sense as like this is something that gives an idea of things you could do and then it's like mm-hmm. you know maybe i should actually do stuff with that so mm-hmm. i'm actually going to put those in the discord as well some oh yeah absolutely art that apparently was based on and then some art from the book itself mm-hmm. and this makes total sense also by the way if you're listening to this and you're not on our discord you could join and see all these pretty pictures that we're talking about so many pretty pictures i think uh, on this topic i'm i'm gonna say that um I, I think it's interesting that it came from like the images first and then it turned into the rpg but i think it's really just about whatever draws your inspiration that is like the basis and this will come from all sorts of different media, like how many books were created and then people thought, oh, I, I want to make a movie or I want to make a TV show or a game that exists in that in that realm. And I think it's the same thing for RPGs where it's just, I think you want to tell interesting stories and where that uh, inspiration comes from can be varied. But the, the images do such a cool job conveying what the story could be about. Like it makes you ask like, you know, in this one picture, there's a kid and he's got a gun. Where did the kid get the gun from? Like, why does he have that? Why is it pointing at this robot? Like, where are the parents? And that, like, you kind of... Why is he not really looking at the robot he's pointing the gun at? That's fair. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And all of these kind of set up a scene that you're like, I want to explore the scene more, which is why I think it's so compelling to to start with this visual representation because it doesn't give you that uh, concrete context it's more abstract and Hmm. um it it lets your brain fill in the blanks a little bit or um gives you fascinating exploration in a bit so yeah yeah i i didn't even read that as a gun see that 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 to me was remote control that's it that's like it looks like he's it's totally a gun he's just not holding it very well obviously got poor trigger control but i mean like he's oh just, yeah okay he's just barely holding on to it and it's like it's almost more like it's a gesture in that general direction to the person he's talking to yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah i would oh. almost take it like that in this case the robot is so commonplace that it's nothing more than I don't know if you've seen this, but like in in small towns and places, you'll see like stop signs shot out, mm-hmm. and it's just like for fun or target practice or whatever. But that robot is so benign that the way he's holding the gun, it's just something to shoot at as yeah, as much as a it. bottle, a bottle on yeah. a fence. Right. That's how I'm seeing it. But yeah, I think that's sort of like the point is that there's so much to take from the image. Yeah, I think from what Mark was saying about, like, whether it's artwork like this in particular, or like a novel or something else, like, the setting is usually what makes somebody want to 
build the game, not even the characters usually. It's usually that there's something about this world that I want to be in this world. I want to experience it firsthand myself. Mm -hmm. And if you build the world with images, like that's one way to get across this feeling that there is a world here. There is something going on that is interesting. Like the fact that the kids are treating this almost as mundane, like it's interesting enough to look at as a landmark, but this is the kind of thing they probably walk past on their way to school every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're at the bus stop, right? I guess what it reads to me, they're like, they're at the bus stop. Like, the kids are like, oh, this freaking thing. Here it is. Okay, we should probably get some last points and start wrapping up because we are two hours in. And that and it's my job to remind people of these things, apparently. Yes. <laughs> I'm in spoil now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, a, just, it's an important job. I wouldn't do it. You you definitely <laughs> wouldn't do it. Anyone have any closing thoughts? I I do. I think um I think it's worth saying that in a book that is like a textbook or an instruction manual images are really helpful in expressing a story that's hard to get out in words um and that's really helpful to help describe what the game might be like um Mm -hmm. so i mean i think i don't know i guess i'm just trying to say yeah visual since yeah i don't know their expression of your game so do what you want and i don't mean i know you need there's continuity is important and all those things but like even if you're not an artist the final product overall um includes those and that's it's part of your your image or your your vision yeah Uh, also also images are like very tied to how we build narratives even if you don't think of narratives and images it's just a people thing so the images you put you put in your game about building narratives are important to the tone of your game unless you you have a strong enough other things that that people will misinterpret them into something that is different than your images but that's that's fine then your game's called fate and important (laughs) yep no i think that's totally important is that A picture can say a thousand words, not really because it's like, oh, it just tells you the full story. It's because it there's more story going on. Like it's possible to set up like unanswered questions or unasked questions in text, but it's a lot easier to do it in the visual sense because you can just put it there, you can see it without drawing attention to it like when you write it out you have to draw attention to it because you're reading it like in a picture you can just glance over it and you might have to look at the picture for like five minutes straight picking out little details before you notice all of these things it's not until you're like looking at the picture for a minute that's like that kid's holding a gun Mm -hmm. that that we just noticed like a few moments ago 
like the longer you look at the picture, there's more little details that start to stand out. And those details are things that they can become questions that weren't asked before. And I think that's a really big advantage for an RPG because it's when you get the players start asking these questions that they build more into the 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 game and the world, the setting and their characters than they would have otherwise. That was really well said. And I think as as a game designer, trying to find instances of these inspirational moments or inspirational scenes really set up uh, for getting that buy-in from the people that are going to play your game. Um, and whether that comes from the individual like persona that the players are engaging through or through these larger scenes or like you, that's why your cover art is so important. But uh, I think all of these become visual cues that tell more stories than you possibly could in writing one down. Um, so, yeah, use whatever means you can to find these little bits of, um, I guess, open-ended story hooks, like these images, and, and throw them in your game because they're that powerful to getting someone to understand what your game's about. Mm. Is that it? Yes. Right. So. Yes. Good night, everyone. Thank you, everyone. It's oh, right. We did introduce. We did introduce ourselves. I'm Kevor. <laughs> Mark, Hello. Uh, next is Rob. Hi, I'm Rob. This is. I was the doing the the stuff the thing guy. Yeah. Uh, we had Jonathan today, which was nice. This yeah, has been Jonathan. I and we yelled at Katrice, we yelled at Katrice's name enough, but you can pro but she should probably make noise anyway. It's it's fine. <laughs> so yeah, good night then, because it's always night where you are. Also, we're good at this honest promise. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and scene. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Rob to type leave. Yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta boot the bots. I gotta boot the bots. I just stopped the stream. Yeah. Yeah, second I'll come up with that. All right. I should have been typing as you guys were saying shit, but I was being lazy. That's fine. That happens. You, you're just giving yourself. You're just uh, cursing future.